Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Before we start, everyone at Ali LaRouge was saddened to hear about the untimely death of Dave Johnson earlier on in the week. He signed for Liverpool in August 1976 and his last appearance was in March 1982. His medal honour, four league championships, two European Cups, one European Super Cup and one League Cup. A total of 213 games and he scored 78 goals and was integral part of Bob Paisley's magnificent team. A deeper sympathy goes to all his friends and family. Yeah, God bless you, Davy, the Doc Johnson. This is the Ali LaRouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. In a very unusual season, a close season, a winter break that, you know, um, Jürgen Klopp's been asking for for a while, but not under these circumstances, don't suppose. But uh, I'm joined today by John Nicholson, regular guest, uh, Simon Hughes from The Athletic and Stephen Monaghan. Um, well, it's been, you know, Man United went off for sale this week, Simon. And also there was a couple of... Um, high-profile staff left the club. I mean, what's going on? I mean, a lot of people are on Twitter saying, oh, with these people leaving, Liverpool must have a buyer lined up. And is it as simple as that? Or is it is it more complicated? Well, I must confess, I've actually been off work this week. So, um, <laughs> you, right. you, you, you probably should have found James Pearce. Um, but... <laughs> he was on last week. Yeah. Um I mean, I, I'm just sort of trying to interpret things from afar because I, I have actually been trying to switch off a little bit from football this week. But then it always happens in the, you know, the weeks where you're trying to relax that all hell breaks loose. So, um, yeah, obviously, first things, Man United being up for sale. I think that's a really interesting time. And obviously, with it becoming public that Liverpool are now available to buy. Uh, I, saw, I saw the story in the Times earlier on today, you know, claims that... It's it's gonna sort of make Liverpool the challenge of selling Liverpool that bit harder with Man United available. Man United are twice are valued twice as twice as big as Liverpool, which is a huge sum of money. You know, eight eight billion pounds. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, three or four billions incredible, obviously, but I just can't get my head around that. Um, I think I think what Liverpool have an, as an advantage is is that the stadium's pretty. Sorted, modernised now. Whereas, yeah. I think anybody buying Man United would have to think about that with Old Trafford. I think they're buying, a, they're buying a dump, aren't they? Basically? Yeah, a fair amount of work needs to happen there to bring it up to date. So you're not just you're not just incurring the cost of the purchase. Uh, and then obviously there's the issue with the team. But I think what the Glazers have proven, obviously over a long period of time, is that a team doesn't need to be successful to generate a lot of cash, which um, yeah. allows the you know the, the cycle of money to keep going. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suspect, I mean, going back to the Liverpool sale a few weeks ago, uh, when that story was broken, um, 
I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people in the, in the, in the weeks afterwards and the, the theme coming back is that it's more likely to be American investment or full takeover rather than other parts in the Middle East. Um, I'm sure you've spoken about this in the past in, in the pub, but there's all sorts of reasons why the Middle East just doesn't quite stack up at the moment unless somebody comes, you know, from a position of total, you know, sort of obscurity to try and buy it. You've got Saudi Arabia already bought. Newcastle, you'd have to be a brave man, I think, in Saudi Arabia to go up against the governments. You've got Abu Dhabi with City. You've got Qatar with PSG. They'd have to sell the stake there. Bahrain, I don't think, has the capital to do it. And so it just leaves Dubai, which is a conversation Liverpool fans were having 15 years ago, wasn't it, with DIC? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I, from what I can hit, from what I hear, there's not the appetite there as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think. Mean, do, you think, do you think, Simon, do you think this is an inevitable consequence of the collapse of the European Super League? Because obviously it was Liverpool and Man United who were the main players in getting that yeah. uh, off the ground, wasn't it? Do you think it, it was inevitable this would happen or? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do think it's inevitable. I think, um, you know, John Henry and Joel Glazer are pretty close. Um, that they work together more on the the project big picture uh, than the Super League. From what I've been told, John Henry didn't have a huge amount of involvement in the Super League, but obviously there were other people at Liverpool that did. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind, anyway, that, that, that they haven't had conversations about you know sort of. The, the lay of the land now. Uh, I think the Super League collapsing is is sort of a major blow for for them in the sense that the 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 value of the club I don't think at the, this moment in time is going to go much higher than it is. So they probably see it as a good opportunity to cash out and hopefully let somebody else uh, have a go at trying to trying to make the club competitive in a lot you know in the long term. I mean they have been competitive for a long time now. Liverpool, let, let's be fair, but I think it reaches a point where you know, the, the Manchester City aren't slowing down. Obviously, PSG aren't slowing down. You've got Newcastle coming up the road. I think they probably feel at this moment in time that it's a good time to look at what the options are. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, that's one thing that people haven't really sort of led in on the sort of analysis pieces that it, it's it's proof, really, that the Super League is dead because otherwise, if, if it was alive, they would not be looking to sell right now. Yeah. John, in terms of um, the timing of it, you know, it's very, I mean, is it a case of them sitting around the table going, well, you put Liverpool up for sale and we'll come in a couple of weeks later? Do you think, I mean, is it as simple as that? Or is it, you know, they must have had conversations, must not they, about, you know, about selling selling the club. And, uh, you, know, how, you know, Man United announcing this a couple of weeks after Liverpool. I don't think it's a coincidence, is it? No, no, it, it it probably isn't, and, and I think Simon's just just told, told it as much that you know, Glazier um, and John only talk a lot. Um, I think another factor is the FFP really, because I think John Henry always thought that the FFP would be a set of rules that people would follow, and and hence Liverpool could compete on a level playing field, if you like, against some of the other clubs, but. It hasn't been the case, you know. Man City's proven that yeah. um, you you don't have to comply with FFP, and if UEFA or well, who knows RFA one day. But if UEFA challenge you on it, you can beat them in the courts anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I think that's a factor as well. Yeah. 
and and maybe John Henry's decision to we've done what we can, really. Yeah. And, and well, Newcastle coming along, it's yeah. just it's just another team now to to compete against on on an on, on level playing field. Well, we you know we've been we've been in this position before where the club was up for sale and people were, you know, saying oh you know, um, DIC in 2007 wasn't it you know yeah i mean how do you feel you know as a as a long-term fan when you know this you see all the nonsense on the internet and and, and twitter how do you feel as a fan because it, you know it's you know it, the heart and soul of the club is is now going you know to the highest bidder isn't it you know basically well that, that's what that's football for the, in the future now isn't it that's what it's going to be like you know obviously we see man united by the wayside again, you know, uh, following our footsteps to, to, to uh, possibly to sell the whole shebang. And as you said, there they've got a massive um, assignment. As you said it, it's they're double what we are apparently, allegedly. Yeah. But yeah. the infrastructure of all the ground and all all around that, you know, there's another what another billion pound again, you know, to to get it so up. These, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Where, where does this going to end? You know, years ago when. When we added our new owners in Ixinjales, and you know, we forced to get them out because you know we foresee what was probably the future with them. So, uh, FSG steps in. You know, the, the arguments are actually being good custodians, custodians, and um, is debatable on both sides. Really, you know, you know, the way they they manage the club, you know, it's been it's been good, hasn't it? You know, these suckers. Compared, yeah, compared to Hicks and Gillette, compared, but it's not, a, com- not a very high line, is it? You know? No, no, but what 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 I mean, Pete, with you know, they've got out of jail really with Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, definitely. And like yeah, yeah. that that's 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 what I'm trying to say with, with them all. And then there, the way they perceive football is you sell to buy and you don't see the players kind of thing. To, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. To, to to get the money in the club. Now, once it all broke a few weeks ago, we all we all thought they've run its course now. Because they yeah. can't compete, you know. Let's let's be honest. They bought the club for what three hundred fifty million, I think, whatever. Um, now let's go and get Jude Bellingham. I just think he's popping up for the last like two years, and it? it's yeah, it's yeah. hundred million plus. So it's like a third what he paid for the club for one player. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. go go and change that by four more players possibly to keep us at a level to challenge City yeah. and all the all the other teams around us. It's it's money that they haven't got. Or yeah. they wouldn't spend anyway. So, well, they never spend their own money, do they? It's all, no, they never. They never. Always, have, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the conundrum with, with, with having uh, these owners, and that's what we say. It's it's both sides. You can look at it. That yeah, they've been good. As in, we've won a lot of trophies, but they got out of jail with their uh, yeah. clock. But yeah. if they without never had Klopp, clock, without Klopp, it without been... Klopp, it wouldn't have happened. And no. you know, we we all know the net spend on 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 a uh, on since Klopp's been here. But I think that that's gone now because the players have of age. There's, there's no there's no selling clauses for it. Uh, no, what you, if you would have sold Sally, which we all didn't want to happen, but we all didn't want to pay half a million quid as well. You know, because we because you know we all have a bit of, bit of morals about us. But yeah. is this the way football's going now? You know, it's 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 a worrying time again. You know, we, we mentioned the Super League before. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's dead in a water again, you know what I mean? But we, we because if you know, look what's happened to Newcastle now. If what if what a, you know, a country like that comes to Liverpool and Man United, yeah. and 
it's it's the battle of the top four then, isn't it? You know, yeah. Newcastle, throw Newcastle in, in that then, and who else is going to come in for teams like that? But if we got a new American owners, I think it's yeah. the same as the same, more yeah. or less. So, but why would why would someone come in and pay four billion pound allegedly, and go on the model what FSG has done? It wouldn't work, would it? Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, it's the, yeah, it's, it's, it's open to debate what, I mean, people, these, these, basically the hedge funds, aren't they? And they see it as an investment, which will grow. And that's exactly what's happened to FSG, isn't it? You know, if uh, they were able to buy for 300 million, and it's worth at least ten times, maybe yeah. more than that. Yeah. So it's time for him to go, and and, and well, they'd be thinking it's time to get out of you know. Let's go make a, a zolly, because how can we keep throwing? Well, the that's to start throwing a lot, a lot, you know, a lot of money yeah. into yeah, the yeah. club to to keep up with cities. So they know yeah, that. Yeah. They're businessmen. They know. Yeah, they course, go. Yeah, we course. can't keep up with city no more. You know, we've done yeah. our cause. You know, and, and let's get out of here. Let's leave yeah. town. Simon, there was uh, a couple of high-profile people left this week. I mean, it was uh, sporting director Julian Ward and also head of data. Um, um, Ian Graham. Ian Graham, wasn't it? Yeah, Ian Graham. So, I mean, was that significant, do you think, or do you think that's, you know, a lot of people are speculating, oh, if they've gone, there must be new owners in the pipeline, you know, and... He didn't want to work for them or whatever, you know. Or is it is it more complicated than that? Do you think? I think it is more complicated. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily related directly to new owners. I think big person at Liverpool over the last sort of ten years really has been Mike Gordon. I'm sure, obviously, familiar with him. Um, yeah. Based in based in Boston, he essentially runs yeah. the club from Boston day to day. As a relationship, had a relationship with Michael Edwards. You know, he, he basically hung his hat on Michael Edwards before Julian Ward. Yeah. When Michael Edwards was basically, you know, a computer guy, you know, a, data, a number cruncher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Mike, Mike Gordon, he, he spoke the language that Mike Gordon understood. Um, since then, obviously, Mike Gordon was key to getting Klopp in. You know, his relationship yeah. with Klopp's really strong. Uh, after six, seven years working together, um, Michael Edwards decides to leave, the, which was you know a big decision in itself to walk out on Liverpool um, at, at that time. Julian Ward since replaced him, but since then, Mike Gordon's gradually stepping away. Um, you know, with his responsibilities, and yeah. I believe that he's now central to the to the sale of the club and right. the sort of the day to day running now. Led by Billy Hogan, so um, you, you think I, it is then? It's a sale, not a not a, an appeal for investment. Yeah, I, I, I mean, my interpretation again of it, just having a few texts going backwards and forwards with people today. Um, mentioned James before. I think he's got to write this. So 
you know, he, he, he thinks that it's it's central to, to Mike Gordon, the fact that he sort of was the mediator between the two. I mean, I know everybody loves Jürgen Klopp, but he's not easy to work for. Um, he's a man and, um, it's not for everybody, uh, as has been proven, I would say, by the the search for a, a new club doctor, which is still ongoing. Um, yeah. I mean, when I say ongoing, I, I don't know whether anybody in the last week or the last couple of weeks was have been away would work as well, whether that's changed, whether you managed to get somebody in the safe and garden and leave. But if, you know, it hasn't been a straightforward process, put it that way. And Klopp has very, is a very demanding person to work for and it's not for everybody. Yeah, so, sure yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's a touch of that here as well. I mean, to walk out on Liverpool barely six months into the job, um, pretty drastic decision that, I, yeah. I would say. Um, and, you know, I mean, to, to something, he might be thinking, well, he might have an in, he might, he might, I'd imagine Julian Wards would have a good working relationship with Mike Gordon. Mike Gordon's probably briefed him on what is going on, you know, from yeah. what I understand there has been, you know, an offer on Liverpool, which is what has prompted, you know, all this, you know, what has happened since. So maybe Julian Wards might think, well, it's best to go now before and push sort of thing. And, you know, he can say, well, I've got Salah to sign a new contract. I've got, um, you know, got Darwin Nunes through the door and one or two other. Yeah. Contracts sorted out, so was it a big decision to make that? Because he's been at the club for a long time. I think 20, 2013, 14, something like that. He he came to Liverpool as like sort of uh, as a European scout. I think he was initially. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked his way up. So to, to to leave the club in these circumstances, pretty surprising, really. So I think I think it's going to be interesting to see Liverpool go for. I, I suspect it'll be somebody led by Klopp. You know, if he's going to hang around, because ultimately, you know, he. He's got control of everything now, Jurgen Klopp. Really, um, you know, he, he's, you know, he, as I said, he, you have to, you have to have a certain personality to work with him. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll find that somebody who Jurgen Klopp is familiar with. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Come. He's got complete control, as the song goes. Yeah. Um, John, is it? Is it all? Is this are these uh, departures pretty worrying, or you just think, you know? You know, if, if they leave and Klopp's in control, Klopp will get the people he wants. Um, the whole thing with the possible sale and the departures is potentially worrying, yeah. You know, uh, I think we said on the last podcast, you got to be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, we were almost taken out once with X and Gillette. The Glazers done to Man United what X and Gillette would have done to us. Only Man United could sustain it because they were successful at the time and he got a had a big stadium. Yeah. You know we, we don't want someone coming along taking us over and piling all the debt onto the club as X and Gillette did mm. and the yeah. Glazers did. You know, and there's nothing to say that that won't happen. So yeah, it it's it, it is worrying. Mm. Really. Um, as long as Klopp's there, you know, as Mono was saying, um, you know, Klopp has, has, has uh, been, been, been marvellous for us, really. Well, well he uh, shaped, he shaped the club in his image, and he really, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, but whether someone else could come along and do what Klopp's done, <laughs> I don't know. But what yeah. do you mean, yeah, in answer to your question. Yeah, Mono, I mean, in terms of, you know, when you see people resigning, you see the internet, you know, the Twitter goes into overdrive, doesn't it? Saying, oh, you know, it's, 
people leave and it's you know what's going on I mean how do you feel when you you look at all that you know yeah well let me let me see that you know the other day um I like to answer I I started worrying you know thinking again you know where, where's this leading to now you know first of all the club are up for sale and then two main plays you know in the, in the back room staff uh, have uh, have resigned you know yeah. is there something happening have uh, are we sold to someone then they're bringing their own people in that's you start thinking all that and yeah, you know yeah, yeah. what you think of the relationship that the club or club would have had with you know the two the two fellas uh, would have been good and let's let's try to sell you know you, the future's good with liverpool but with, with them just say no we're going and it's it is it is it is worrying for us um yeah. and who is who is going to come in as you know we've, we've all said you know sam you know you know you know a bit more than us uh, uh, allegedly uh and then we, we think is it is it you know someone from arabia again you know that is going to come in but you you just name you know if someone comes in, they 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 can't. They have to get rid of another team, whether you know whatever country it is, uh, out there. And then, do we want to go down that route? But yeah. then, what's what's the alternative? What what is left there? It's well, America, that's what you, you know, hear people saying on the street, don't you? It's the way of the world. Money talks, you know. And yeah, more. you know. But I we've mean, been there's... moaning for how long? You know, against against all this, you know, against the financial fair play, as John said before. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, City have got away with it. You know, for how long now? You know, um, mm. would we like to go down that route? You know, Newcastle, you keep saying they're going to be uncommon in, in the years to come. Yeah. Um, but it, it could be the death of football, couldn't it? Yeah. You know, with, yeah. with, well, all, this, you, with all this you know, Speaking about the death of football, I mean, have you been watching the World Cup, Mono? I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's hard to get into it. You know, I mean, it yeah. really, I mean, I watch, I watch the games where Liverpool players are in, but yeah. I've got no enthusiasm whatsoever for it. And it's, it's just, it's not. You can just see it's. It's almost like a computer game, isn't it? Yeah, it's the fans it's who are over there aren't the real fans, are they? You no, know, it's... and there's not like there's no traveling between cities because there are no cities. It's just all manufactured nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, but when you see the likes of Germany, who, who you know they, they travel a lot, you know, uh, supported the national scene, and there's just a few thousand there, wasn't it? You know, it, by the way, you need a lot of money to go there <laughs> for the staff. Yeah, you know, yeah, never, yeah. never mind for a couple of days to see your team. But when you're going for like two, three, four weeks, it's you know it's 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 a proper mortgage, isn't it? you know. You've got to got to spend to go. It's a credit, it's a credit so, card job, and yep. So it's unless when, you, when, unless of course you paid for by the Qatari government. Yeah, and walk around with you know a national team, you know you know their kit on. I could but, see you dressed as an Arab model, actually. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was when we went when we went there for the World Cup, Cup but uh, we were in an house, you know, it's, it it was doable, but. This now it's 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 manufactured. You can see, you know, yeah, yeah. some of the games are boring. There's there's no atmosphere. There's been there's a few, you know, at all Wales. The Wales fans were great. You know, yeah. they, they made a yeah. bit of an atmosphere. Uh, but there hasn't been that many, has there? You know, the games no. haven't really lit up yet. One or two, no. you know. I mean, the, the early stage of the World Cup was like that. Yeah, they're always like this, really. Yeah, because yeah, they're a bit yeah, they, they, they don't want to yeah. lose the game until until like John, maybe the, the third game where they've got to have a go. Yeah, like to get through. Yeah, John, have you, been, have you been? Have you been? watching the games? I've, um, I've seen a bit of all of them. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I've been quite happy with uh, 
the new timekeeping. I'm looking yeah. forward to that coming yeah. to Anfield. I thought you'd like that. You know, yeah. 10 minutes, you know, 15 minutes. We, we had the first three or four games of our season. We had goalkeepers going down with fake injuries after two minutes. I think the Palace keeper did it and then Newcastle's keeper did it. And I know we got it back against Newcastle in the seventh minute of injury time or what have you. But yeah, look, looking forward to um, the half time board going up and it's 10 minutes to half time. <laughs> You know, That's and then sure, 15 yeah. minutes at the end to make up for all the time wasting because we see an awful think, lot of it at Anfield. I think it stopped Pickford going going onto the floor, wouldn't it? If that happened, I but think uh, it stopped quite a few of them. Yeah, yeah. If, if we started using a real clock, so I'm looking forward to that happening. Yeah, but Simon, you uh, you wrote an absolutely brilliant article on uh, this week in the Athletic about you went over to Nepal a couple of months ago, was it? It was last month. Last month, and wrote an article on uh, the migrant workers who, who built the stadium and built the infrastructure. Really, and uh, how, how did that come about, Simon? I mean, how did? Well, I was um, last summer. Uh, my, my boss phoned me, and uh, my wife, my wife had just fallen pregnant. So he was saying to me, "I want you to go to the World Cup and spend four weeks there." And I was like, "I had to come clean, basically, and say, you know, basically." She, she's due to give birth. Uh, she's due to give birth in a couple of weeks' time, basically. So I didn't want to be at the World Cup while this was going on, naturally. So we, we spoke a little bit about um, about all the possibilities and stuff that I could work on ahead of the World Cup. And his idea was was go to Nepal and speak to the workers who who've obviously spent well twenty years essentially building Qatar to this point. Um, so yeah, that, that was how it came about, really. So I spent like eight days there traveling around the country with a guy who, who essentially worked as a fixer, but he, he was a journalist and he's, he's written a lot about human rights. So that was really helpful because he knew exactly what I was looking for and was able yeah. to point in the direction of, of the right people. And I met lots of people on the trip and it was, I mean, it was an incredible trip. Nepal's a beautiful country. Um, I absolutely loved it there, but you know, every, every interview was, was pretty harrowing, really. People who, everybody who spoke to had lost something, whether it be money, um, you know, health, loved ones. Um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was pretty heavy. So, but I, I sort of look from afar with Qatar and sort of sympathise with the workers' situation and sort of, I suppose, gently tutted about what was going on and thought, well, you know, it shouldn't be happening there, but I'll probably watch the World Cup, but. After I came back and having listened to people and looked them in the eye and sort of empathised with them and realise realising you know the people across the world are just the same as as us for speaking here you know that they all motivated by the same thing you know yeah seeing people you know having to move away a long way from home years at a time not seeing the family at best and then coming home with very little money or obviously at worst not coming home at all and seeing you know. Uh, whether it be little boys or girls growing up without without a, a father, like I've got to be honest, like I, I just think I, I haven't watched any of the World Cup for that reason. I just think, you know, it'd be I think I said to you the other day on text that it would be a betrayal of what I've been told, really, because uh, as far as I'm concerned, this World Cup shouldn't be happening in this country. Um, absolutely no problem with the World Cup happening in Qatar, um, but two bottom lines for me pay people the right amount of money because these workers haven't been paid well. That's the other thing that a big sort of misunderstanding about 
Qatar and opportunities around work, the, it, it gets said, well, the migrant workers actually getting paid better than they would be in their home country. That's not strictly true. They, they, they go to Qatar and lots of debt um, and get paid pretty much what they'd be paid in their home country for the equivalent job, but they go because they don't have, because Qatar offers the opportunity of consistent pay, essentially. That's why they go, you know, monthly pay at best. So, um, I just felt as though, you know, I just felt I, I, I find it hard to watch the, the World Cup knowing what's happened there. Um, I, I just think, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, I, I think I think Qatar should have the World Cup providing they pay people well and they treat people with respect, you know, and, and sort of a, a lot's been said about sort of over the last couple of days, well, the West haven't done this over a long period of time, but this doesn't help anybody's conversation. There's no accountability for anything. We'll just go around in circles, you know, about, yeah, yeah. about how do we yeah. advance the world, you know? like yeah, the, yeah. I don't think one a certain part of the world just gets a, a 300-year pass because, you know, parts of this world. I mean, that, that I must say, I sent a load of questions over to Qatar. They were quite cooperative ahead of the release of the piece. Yeah. Um, that, that was sort of the prevailing mood, like, so, well, you know the way, you know what about in England where the certain things happen? Well, believe it or not, mate, I actually agree. I think it's terrible what happens in in England, you know, around employment laws and, and migrant workers and people who come here for asylum. But just because I'm from here, it doesn't mean that I actually agree with everything that happens here. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's that sort of silly conversation going on at the moment, which hasn't been helped by Infantino. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What do you think, Simon, of you know fellow journalists being over there? And I mean, obviously the BBC had a they didn't show the opening ceremony, did they? And they had like a half an hour yeah. uh, discussion about uh, Qatar and whether it should have been there. But have you seen FIFA uncovered? You know, because yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know, for example, the uh, 1978 World Cup. You know, it was done by a military uh, dictatorship, wasn't it, in Argentina? You know, well, but, you know, there was no big outcry then, was there? You know? Well, some uh, Johan Cruyff didn't go, did he? No, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you know, for open goalie, the best player in the world wasn't there. But yeah, you're I mean, right. I, I would argue, I would argue that the media has changed since then a lot. You know, there's, there's, you know, the way things are reported has changed dramatically, and there's a huge amount of media, a lot more media interest in. In everything that happens, yeah, um, you know, I, I think that any journalist who goes there, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't say, "Well, I'm not going." You still have to report what's happening, you know. And 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 as a journalist, I think a lot of the journalists I know that have been sent by the Athletic are, are doing stories around the human rights as well. And I think that yeah. that should continue beyond the World Cup. That's that's been a thing leveled at me, saying, "Well, why didn't you do this a few years ago? You're just doing it now because." Of you know because you want to draw you know sort of draw attention to yourself and I'm like you know what like the last thing I actually want to do as a journalist is draw attention to myself because the amount of the amount of bullshit you've got to deal with sometimes but 
you know, the reason why I wrote about it was because of the good work of other journalists who have continued to write yeah. about it for a long period of time. That, I mean, that, that's where I think Jürgen Klopp got it wrong a few weeks ago when he, he sort of said that, you know, journalists haven't done enough. It's like, no, the only reason you're being asked the question is because of all that work. Yeah, so yeah. As, as, a, as a major person in the public eye, you know, he knows that his voice carries a lot further than most people. I guess now, you know, the, the point is, well... There's, there's little can be achieved by it. not always not all good journalism leads to change. Unfortunately, we like to think that it does, but it doesn't. Um, but yeah. I still think I still think that ultimately we should still keep keep talking about it. It's 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 important to, to keep talking about it, and and it's important for as you know a Western Western nation for us to keep talking about you know sort of the you know the, the our historical contributions to the world. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. No problem with that at all. But to just say, well, no, like Infantino the other day was an absolute disgrace as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Not with yeah. that statement. It's just like you're just playing to a gallery now who basically are the reason why you were still in power. Um, and I just think that his words were absolutely appalling. I think it just gives a free pass to anybody who, who you know, sort of wants to host a World Cup and treat people whichever way they want to treat. Yeah. Uh, treat well, you know, Look at the um, the one love armbands, and then the fact that you know a few teams got together and says, we're going to wear these, and then uh, FIFA said, "Well, you'll get a yellow card," and they just back down straight away. I mean, how does that make you feel, or do you think, well, that's you know that's FIFA again uh, overstepping the mark, really, isn't it? Or you know, and then the German team uh, putting their hands against their mouths. I mean, it's tokenism at the end of the day, isn't it? If they're not going to carry it through. Yeah, I, I think the FA have handled it appallingly, to be honest. I mean, I, yeah. I, my my whole thing about the original, the report that I worked on, I came away from it, not necessarily, obviously I don't like a lot of the things that happen in Qatar, but my anger was directed at FIFA for yeah. like, you know, they, they they have blood on their hands. They, they It's their responsibility to ensure that a country is capable of hosting a World Cup in a safe manner. And that includes building the stadiums, and then when people are there as well, so you can't just pass it off to to you know the tournament organizer. You they have the right, they, they have the responsibility to ensure that everybody who goes there should have a safe working environment. Yeah. Um, but the FA, you know, in this instance, the FA knew the rules beforehand. They knew yeah. that ultimately if you want to make a protest, and I disagree with this agreement, this this arrangement where it's not a protest, is it? You've got a, a basically apply to protest. It's like what's going on in this country at the moment now. You've got to apply to have an official protest. Well, it's not a protest then, is it? Now, the FA made promises to the LGBT community that they were able to do this, and they, they didn't. It seems to me it was just like a casual promise now. Yeah, to me, yeah. That they said, oh, yeah, we can do this. We're the FA. It's like, well, actually, when you know push came to shove, they, you know, they shat the pants, basically, didn't they? And just went, yes, FIFA, we'll do whatever you want, FIFA. Now, I actually yeah. think the Germans, the the German, I know they lost, so it it, it that they lost to Japan. So the, the the gesture that they made has probably been lost somewhere. The power yeah. of that, I actually think doing something like that was was really good. You know, like the players have obviously spoken about it internally and agreed to do it, yeah, sort of almost spontaneously in reaction. I think that's a, a much more powerful thing than, than just having you know the FA orchestrate this like token you no know, token armbands. It's it just. 
it's it's not really a protest if you've got to organize like or have have officials and organize it. I, I would say, um, I, it, yeah. I, I think the players, the, I think the players, all players. For me, you hear a lot of players saying, "Well, we're not politicians. We're here because we we have to be here." But they still have a voice that they're quick enough to recognize the power of their brands when they're signing deals for you know watches or trainers. So yeah. they know that their voice carries. So if they feel, all I'm saying is, if they feel really strongly about it, if they do genuinely feel strongly about it, speak about it. What's the problem? Like, like do, do, yo, yeah, like Johan Cruyff did, and uh, exactly. Like, if you, if, if, now, is, is any player refused to go? Has any player refused to go? I don't know if there are. No one, no one has. They all, you know, the same thing. Well, it's you know, it's not my choice to be here. It's like, well, if you do feel really strongly about it, I'd, 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 I'd respect you far more. I mean. It had had Harry Kane or somebody else in the England squad railed against it, it would have been one of those powerful things ever. So, uh, you know, in sport, I, I would say one of the most sort yeah. of outstanding thing in England's international has, has ever done, really. But instead, they just all sort of towed the line. And I just think, you know, mm. if, if it, it makes me question whether they are really serious about any, yeah. any issues yeah. that they sometimes speak about when it's, you know, comfortable in front of club media and they're asking nice questions. Yeah. John, do you think this is just overshadowing the whole tournament? I think it's it's going to get worse, isn't it? You know, because um, the J, you know, the Noya was saying that you know um, that that was just the first thing. You know, obviously they've got a they've had a lot of criticism in Germany for doing it because they got beat. If they had, if they'd have drawn or won, I don't think they would have had that criticism. But you know, other people are going to make gestures, aren't they? I'm sure they are. You know. Um. I don't know. I'm not so sure that the other people will make gestures. I know the Danish have threatened to do something, but I don't expect the RFA for one minute will stand up because, you know, Simon mentioned that FIFA's got responsibility for safety for the workers, and, and they have, and, and for where, and safety where they're putting on a um, competition. But UEFA's just put one on a competition on in Paris. Yeah. Three months and ago, we all, we all knew that, what that wasn't there, safe. And yeah. Um, yeah, they'll argue, well, we haven't issued our report yet, but what's the report going to say? I don't think they're going to admit any responsibility, are they? Um, and RFA will never challenge them because RFA won a tournament off, off UEFA. And, yeah, you yeah. Know, so, so RFA won't step out of line. They, they, they might argue, well, Germany can do that because Germany's had tournaments. They're not going to get one in the near future. But that's that's... What it's all about. So I don't know whether protests will get anywhere. Maybe from the Germans it might, but from many of the others, will it? No, mm. I don't think so. It's not going to happen. Mono, is this is this like just a cloud over the tournament, or can you enjoy the matches without thinking about any of this? Well, it's it, the ones I've been watching. Every time they come on, you know, all the pundits they're all talking about it all the time, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So they're not letting it go. You know, yeah. not as if the the whitewashing it. You know, the the talking about it. You know, did you see the advert for Saudi Arabia and half time the other night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just got you know, it's one of them, isn't it? Well, you know, destination. But then, then you're there, and you know, Messi's alive with them, and then Argentina going to go for the World Cup in the future. So that is absolutely bizarre. Isn't so it? where's he's where's he's the and I I I've, I was been thinking about what John's saying there. You know, uh, about FIFA. With UEFA, we've got our own, you know, thing going on with them, yeah. um, which is going to be interesting to see uh, the, the report when it comes out at the end of this month. Hopefully, um, 
But I, I don't, I, some, I don't really owe me bet with it all because FIFA have got away, I've got away with it up to now. Um, yeah, there's a lot of noise against them, but that was outrageous. You know what? The, what the president said uh, last, you know, last week yeah, started yeah. it all. It was absolutely pathetic. You know, and and it's 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 like it's my ball. We, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, and you know, even two days before, you know, they've moved the game forward, so they, you know. The thieves should be saying, "No, you can't be doing that." It's like you know, and with then Bannon, the drinks Bannon, in the ground, Bannon Bannon drinks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's I, just on and I, on. I, and if it was, if it was only Budweiser, I'd quite welcome that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even you know, you've seen you know that uh, some else uh, ladies going in the ground with, with the bucket on because it's a rainbow colour to get them to say, "Yeah, yeah." You know, where's all you know? Yeah, you're all welcome. It's so. It's it's not happening, is it? You know, no. I went there to watch Liverpool and it was fine. I'll be honest with you. You know, but we were only there for two days. You know, um, and all the, all what's gone on at this time in the build up to the World Cup is is so different. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, we we were aware. You know, everyone was like, you know, of aware what was happening. You know, in the, in the country, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's. No FIFA, you know, you know, I, I watched that program. FIFA, it, it was, it was outrageous. It's nothing that we didn't know anyway. No, but of what goes on, and yeah. so that's what I was going to say about you know. It was only the know. only because the FBI got involved, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it wasn't being for the FBI. No, traced all those payments. That, you know, they would have all got away with it, wouldn't they? Yeah. They still all be in positions, wouldn't they? Yeah, and it's you know, but they still make the more or less the same decisions. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's it's unbelievable, and and that's why I was I was going to mention UEFA because it'll come back to all that, you know. Again, you yeah, know, yeah, where, yeah. you know, where, where's it going to stop? Where's it going to end? Where's all you know? They, they say it's the football world. It's not the football world at all, you know, because they're not listening to the football world. It's like what Sam is what Sam has been on, and you know, and why didn't you know we talk about due diligence when we get owners? Mm. You know, where where was their due, uh, due diligence? You know, in Qatar all in years ago, twelve years ago when. Yeah, you know, they said yet. Yeah, you know, we've done it. They're going to do. You know, they're going to move on as a country, but that's that's their their laws and their rules. Mm. You know, and yeah, Simon, do you think you know Qatar being wants the World Cup to should wants to open up to you know wants to open the country up to tourism and that type of thing? But do you think it's been a bit of a PR disaster for them at the end of the day? I I wonder whether in years to come they'll they'll come to that conclusion. To be honest, I mean, you look at. I suppose Abu Dhabi, you know, various other um, parts of the Middle East that have invested in football. They've had heat, but not this heat, you know. Um, I mean, the, the big thing is that where UEFA just, uh, sorry, FIFA just fall totally flat in their arguments is when, you know, they, they talk about football and providing opportunities for, for, for countries to develop through football. Well, Qatar's already said, you know, that, it's basically going to dismantle the stadiums and send them to other parts of the world. So it's not going to. This tournament's not going to benefit Qatar as a football nation mm. at all. They've so got four, they've got fourteen football teams, haven't they? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, get, the average attendance is a couple of hundred. So it's it's not being a decision that's been made for football. No. So when 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 you when you hear Infantino and various other people from FIFA saying keep politics out of football, well, you fallen for them because they made a decision. Qatar to go for the World Cup, which has nothing to do with football. It's yeah. all about 
creating more awareness of essentially, you know, uh, their brands and giving them credibility across the world as a major player. It's got yeah. absolutely nothing to do with football. Yeah, so, yeah. to be fair, if they're trying to convince themselves, they're failing because they haven't convinced me. Um, you could under- you can understand that there's previous places where they've had okay, they had a World Cup in Russia, and look what's happened in you know with Russia recently. Yeah. But you you can almost make an argument that Russia is a football country, isn't it? It's got you yeah. know it yeah. does have a passion for football. There is an argument to say that it could have led potentially to some sort of football development in that country. Hey ho, you know, four years later, Russia are banned from the World Cup. You know, so the, these big ideas that FIFA have about you know, changing the world through football, yeah, is the humility in this. It's like football. I, I think football can only change things when it's organic, really, not when yeah. it's organized, and particularly when it's not based around money. And I, even being honest, I just think it's a, a total lie. It's all it's all down to money. Um, um, you know, the, in a few years' time, these stadiums in Qatar that you know thousands of people have died working on will be white elephants if, yeah, if they have yeah. elsewhere anyway. Um, so not, not much has changed since the Roman Empire, has it really, if no. you think about it? Well, that would be Qatar's argument, I guess. Yeah, it would be, yeah, yeah. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's what basically they were saying, wasn't it? You know, what about uh, what about human rights around the world, and what about colonialism and that? But you know, it gets into you, it's what aboutery all the time, isn't it? Well, it's it's it just there's a lack of responsibility, and it gets FIFA off totally. As I said, my issue really, I mean, I don't like a lot of things that happen in Qatar, but FIFA, you know, to to claim they think that the overlords of the world, the masses of the world, who can change everything. Football is a powerful sport, and I can change yeah. stuff. But the way they're doing it is not changing. Mm. They're just greasing their own palms um, yeah. and, and looking after themselves. And the only empires they're building are their yeah. own. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, Infantino has proven the last couple of last certainly the last week or so with some of the things that he said. Yeah, is that, that he is no different to any of the other ones that have gone before him. Yeah. And for things to change in football, it has to come from FIFA from within. Uh, yeah. That documentary that you mentioned just shows just how what a murky organisation it is. Yeah. Um, which and, and the people in charge at the moment, without reform, football's only going in one direction. Sadly, I, I, I think yeah, yeah. It, it needs a major, major overhaul. Who those people are to, to, to lead that change, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I just, I just came away from the poll just feeling like really, like sort of, you know, I, 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 I used to look forward to the World Cup when I was a kid. Absolutely, yeah. wasn't really vested in it emotionally, and it was quite a nice tournament to watch. Because you weren't that emotionally connected with it, you, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. you said the different cities and everything else. This is just all very sterile, very choreographed, mm. uh, not done for football reasons. And um, I just can't take. I, I just can't. Are... I just can't wait for that season to start again, so you can start enjoying football again. I mean, um, I mean, I would highly recommend listeners to to um, 
So read that article by Simon. It is absolutely brilliant, absolutely harrowing, though, uh, some of the cases that went on, you know, and it, it brings names and brings it to a human level, really. No, but before we um, before we finish, um, just like to um, there's something else happened with uh, Shakiri. Did John? Did you see Shakiri's interview where he said that he had a beautiful three years at Liverpool? We won many titles, Champions League, we won the World, the Club World Cup, won the Premier League. It was a wonderful time. Liverpool will always stay on my heart. It was a great tribute, wasn't it, to uh, to his time here? I, I I haven't actually seen the interview, Peter, but um, you know, I think most players end up from saying something very similar. Like so, so there is something about the football club that that you know players do take love to the heart, and, yeah, and, to the heart, yeah, and and absorb, you know, and um, you know, whether it's players you've gone like Shakiri or even like. Some of the um, newer players now. I mean, Nunes seems to be going that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Marlo, do you hope uh, uh, Jude Bellingham will be saying similar things in a few years' time? I mean, that performance, that's one of the few games I watched. I mean, I watched the Wales game and I watched the Uruguay game. I mean, I watched Wales because I just, their, their World Cup song is the, one of the greatest things I've ever yeah. heard. You know, it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Uh, but, um, I watched, you know, I watched the England games to, to have a look at, you know, Jude Bellingham, really, you know. As I said, Pete, before, you know, England's been raving about it for the last couple of years, is 18 months or so, and, and social media it is a wash with, with Jude Bellingham this, Jude Bellingham that, and uh, we said before on it, you know, it, 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 hey, if Jude comes, you know, we'd welcome him, you know, but... Yeah. It's it's the amount we've of got money. a good we've got a good song for him, haven't we? Well, you know, it's the amount <laughs> of money. We go back to what we said about FSC. You know, they're, they're not going to pay that. You know, no. they're not going to pay that. They're all money, are they? Because, but so we got no one to go and sell now, really. Let's go sell one of our best players again, like as in uh, salary. But he's just had a contract. He's not going to go. Mm. So you know, we just we're trying to build a team. You know, dismantle it now. So it's it's a different. You know, we we'll go back to the jumping the gun here a bit. Again, but I think it's as you said before, FSC. I think they've run the course, haven't they? You know, with with the, the buyer and selling of plays. So, if someone comes in to go and, to and buys them, like at, at that price, it's I just don't how, how they're going to do it. You know what I mean? If if that's why, whether they, they you know, they sell the whole club or they just get investments, but yeah. you know, why are people just going to come in and give you a hundred million plus or half a, you know half a billion to say yeah, right, go spend that on plays? But where's our investment back? You know, I I, I don't know. It's I, I just don't get it. You know, the the money side of it, uh, you know, they're going to walk away with three four billion quid in profit, aren't they? You know, uh, but who comes in then, and who buys you Bellingham for us? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean Simon, you you know obviously. Don't think you're going to watch. You're not going to watch any of the World Cup, but you might watch the final. Might you well, show, you know, uh, once, I've, um, once I finish my week off, I will be back in work mode. So if I'm asked to work, I will have to work. But hopefully, it'll give the opportunity to follow up on a couple of things that I learned in Nepal and just I suppose report on it from afar. But I've just got no appetite for the actual football. I've got to be yeah. honest. It's just a uh, it's just not something that feels right to me. Um, yeah. 
But it's as I say, it's a shame because it, that I think obviously he's been one or two shocks already, hasn't there? And yeah, yeah. games, quite a few nil nils as well. But well, shocks um, happen. Shocks yeah. happen when there's, when you're playing behind closed doors, as we know years ago. <laughs> and these are you know you can just tell by the not, the crowds are like you know it's a rented crowd, isn't it? Basically, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Simon, I admire your stance on it, mate. You know, because it really must have got here going to Nepal. You know, hearing the stories about, like, you know, the, the workers and, and you know, sort of the families and everything. You know, you're a football fella. We, we all know you. You know, you love, you love, love our team, and you know, you love football. And for you, to, you know, to, to have a stance like that, like it, it must have really got here. I think. Oh, thanks, Mono. Yeah, well, it did. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, I went there. Like, like everyone. In England is the same, but we're quite removed from it. I think there's a lot of sympathy for the workers, isn't it? But it's only when you, I was fortunate enough, and I suppose unfortunate enough to, to go and actually meet yeah. people. So it's when you see them and you realise, you know, they might live in the countryside in Nepal, you know, sort of many many thousands of miles away. But people fundamentally across the world are motivated by the same things, you know, trying to get some sort of work and you know supply for your family, basically, yeah, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Qatar uh, said um, they they said there was only a handful of workers died, but you know. Well, I, I met I met three. They said they said three is the official figure, and I met three. I met three who had sadly passed away in Qatar. So I must have met all the ones who who, who died. Which the families, yeah. yeah, the families, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I met, as I said, I met lots of different people from sort of different strands of. Of um, you know, Amnesty International said six and a half thousand a day. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the thing is, a lot of people come home with with serious illness as well because of the conditions they've been subjected to over a long period yeah. of time. I, I met a guy who who went to Nepal in two thousand and two, um, before oh, sorry, he went to Qatar in two thousand and two before uh, Qatar had, had won the rights to host the World Cup, and you know his sort of thing was that a lot of the work that he'd done. Had helped set Qatar up to a point where they could almost convince people and in FIFA and say, "Look, this is what we've done. You know, already in the country, we have built this infrastructure out of nothing." He worked there for seven years uh, and had to return home with illness. And it was only when he got home that he he uh, he found out that he had kidney failure. And it, he's still alive now, but he's got to have dialysis treatments twice a week. You know, he didn't look well. I mean, that's that, through working in the heat, is it? In the heat, yeah, just yeah, just working yeah. in fifty degree heating, in boiler suits essentially, um, you know, working in a ditch with very little oxygen, you know, and mm. not being given much water. I mean, it's it's inhumane. Some of the treatment that certainly certainly 10, 15 years ago that the workers were being subjected to. Yeah. More recently, there have been reforms that have improved some things, and there's allegedly been a ban on on work throughout the summer. But unfortunately, I, I was told that you know that there were people who. Who still were, were made to work in the summer heat when the temperature can get to like 52, 55 degrees, which is just insane. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's this is constant life of like sort of living in your camp, your bunk beds, you know, getting on a bus and getting to the building site, going back home, doing the same, going back to the camp, just repeat on repeat on repeat with very little time off. I mean, it, it, it's it's appalling, really, and it really yeah. opened my eyes. I mean, I, I knew that all this this happened, yeah. but just when you, you see people in the actual the devastation of the loss uh, mm. on families, it's probably not reported enough that, just the basics of like, yeah. you know, of, of, of losing your husbands and not having somebody around to look after your kids. It was just like yeah. that sort of thing. I think it's very easy to sort of present well, people as statistics really, isn't it? Yeah. 
what do you think when you see the slogan like football is life then you think it's bullshit total yeah. bullshit yeah, it's yeah. just total bullshit I mean I, I don't I don't, I think everything the FIFA try and promote now like for me is, is lost without mm. reform you know this will just carry on and as I said I think Infantino thinks of himself as one of the most powerful people in the world uh, I think the people that run FIFA have huge influence over politicians and massive businessmen massively influential people as we've seen um, you know, I, I, I do think that. I mean, one thing I'd like to do more of after this World Cup is, is look more at FIFA and, and try and try and really figure out what's going on there. There's a lot of people yeah. who do it really successfully, but as as we've discussed already, you know, Liverpool fans have been um, on the rough end of treatment from UEFA, yeah, uh, and it's all part of the same tree, really, just a slightly different branch. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think until there's major reform where people are actually thinking about people first rather than money this is just going to carry on thanks a lot sam and that's you know absolutely uh, very powerful stuff you know and Ali larouge we usually you know talk about football but i think we have to talk about this it's very important uh and we'll be back in a couple of weeks time thanks to john nicholson simon hughes and stephen monaghan and you know at the end of the day it's it's the greatest game in the world, isn't it? And it's just exploited for the, for the wrong reasons in, in in some quarters. But I think everyone, genuine football fans, have all got you know, have all got something thinking this isn't quite right. What's going on here? This isn't quite right. And I can't wait for the uh, Premier League to start again. And then the first matches against City in it, Mono. Well, in the, the tickets are on sale on Monday, so that's in, that's, in the Carabao matches. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to. And also, you know, I'll be looking at some of the Liverpool players uh, over in the World Cup, but everything else leaves a pretty sour taste. You've been listening to Ali LaRouge. I hope we haven't depressed you too much. And, you know, some of you can enjoy the football. But uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. And you never know, Liverpool might have new owners. You've been listening to the Ali La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.